welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's January 22nd, 2020. Today we are joined by Randall Goodgame, and Randall Goodgame is a recording artist, but also uh, is a man who came up with the idea of slugs and bugs and has many CDs and albums with the slugs and bugs label, including many slugs and bugs sing the Bible. But Randall and Amy are not just recording artists. They also are adoptive parents of a little boy from Ethiopia. And so today we wanted to talk to Randall about how he has used his music to lead his family, but also how adoption has played such an important role in their family. But before we do, we want to ask, is your church planning for summer activities like Vacation Bible School for Children? We want to help you as you encourage your children to see the greater picture of God's desire for the nations. We have developed Mission Kid resources for you to utilize as a missions emphasis with this curriculum. This year's focus is on the country of Liberia, and we will help your kids expand the impact of their summer across the world. You can get free resources to aid with your Vacation Bible School or Backyard Bible School at lifelinechild.org backslash mission kid. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash mission kid. Well, it is a privilege to be joined today by Randall Goodgame. And uh, Randall is not just a talented singer and songwriter, but I am honored to be able to call him a friend. And we actually met at an adoption conference called Together for Adoption, oh, probably five or six years ago. And Randall was leading uh, praise and worship, but I looked at him and wanted to meet him instantly because he was a hero of my children. And so many people may know Randall from his Slugs and Bugs albums and Most recently, he now has the Slugs and Bugs show, and we'll talk a little bit more about that and how you can subscribe uh, to the Slugs and Bugs show. But he's recorded eight solo albums and contributed to numerous others. He's written songs for VeggieTales, Caveman's Call, Andrew Peterson, Jason Gray, Jill Phillips, and Eric Peters, just to name a few. He's a dad, uh, both uh, biologically but also through adoption, a husband to Amy. And one of the things that, as I was looking up his Uh, his bio, it says he's a decent racquetball player, but a brilliant ping pong player. And so, wow, that that is an introduction in and of itself. And so, Randall, we're grateful to have you on the Defender podcast. And uh, I guess I have to start here. Talk about this brilliant ping pong playing. (laughs) Well, I'm wondering who was trying to butter me up by putting that wherever wherever you read that. That is really funny. Um, I do love ping pong and I have a ping pong table. And um, a life's goal of mine was to have a, have a place to play ping pong. So we've got a table in our garage. But, uh, um, yeah, I, you know, I grew up playing it with my, my, uh, my dad and my grandpa, who were also all awesome players. And um, I, love to, uh, I love to win. But I also, <laughs> I just love to play anybody because it's fun to play people that uh, are, are better than you and, and can kick your butt, too, because then you learn something. Okay. <laughs> well, I know that you. Uh, I, I know that you have three children, and and as we talked about, you know, you have two biological children, and then you have a son that you and Amy adopted from Ethiopia. Uh, can you just give us a background a little bit on just how the Lord led you and Amy to adoption, and what that journey has looked like, and and just a little bit more about your background and who you are. Sure. Well, um, Amy and I, we met in college in Birmingham, actually, where you are, uh, at Birmingham Southern. 
Um, and Birmingham Southern had this great service learning um, program where you could apply to go. And we got to go together one year to Honduras to uh, an orphanage there, a girl's home. And for me, that was my first um, exposure to uh, the, the vulnerable and the orphaned in that way. Um, and it was a, a memorable and you know, the, that kind of thing to happen at that uh, time in someone's life. For me, that those formative years of college, it definitely put a, um, it left a mark in me that, wow, this is a circumstance that I, as a believer, um, and can relate to in, from the perspective of uh, having, uh, being adopted by our father, but also just as, um, as someone trying to live out the compassion that the Lord has given us to, to care for those, um, for the orphan and the widow. And I think the Lord's spirit in me just resounded with, with care for those kids in that time. And I think the same thing is true for Amy. So uh, as she had actually the previous year spent time at a baby fold in Zimbabwe, caring, caring for kids in Africa, orphans. Um, and so it's easy to see in hindsight what the Lord had in store for us with entering into adoption with our own family. But honestly, we, we didn't see it coming. It wasn't um, until uh, many years later after Amy and I had gotten married and we had left college um, and we had had our first two kids that we were in a small group where there was a, a family that was going through an adoption process to adopt from Ethiopia. And in that time, we had been talking about whether or not to have a third kid to keep, to keep growing the family. And it was honestly through our relationship with that family in the small group that got us thinking about, wow, remember the, how impacted we were by those kids and how deeply we felt that um, the, the sorrow um, in, intermixed with the joy of being around them, but just the sad state of things. I mean, I remember leaving Honduras thinking, I just wish I could take them all with me, you know, just because, you know, you're leaving them um, with a, with a huge hole in what's going to be their experience growing up uh, in every kind of way. So, um, so that's how we started. We jumped back in, in our, uh, we never, when we got married, we never talked about it. When we had our first couple of kids biologically, we never talked about it. Um, it wasn't until the Lord put us in that small group that he began working in our hearts. And then the rest is, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. And I know, you know, certainly you and Amy have been passionate, like you said, even from the beginning about caring for the vulnerable and, and you've adopted obviously. And if people have listened to your music, both, you know, the, the, the solo career, but also now Slugs and Bugs, the theme of adoption and caring for the vulnerable is all in it. You know, um, the, the, I love the Slugs and Bugs albums, and, and you know this, uh, with Sing the Bible. And, you know, I, I, even the passages that the Lord led you to sing, uh, so many of them go around this whole theme of caring for the vulnerable. And so I know that you've been able to take your family and 
Uh, you've been able to travel and even into Africa. Uh, what has fueled kind of your, you know, your, your continued travel and your continued just bringing these themes up to encourage kids and adults alike to get engaged with the orphan? Well, you know, uh, since we, we have, um, since our family is uh, a family, a byproduct of transracial adoption, my son being from uh, Ethiopia, it's always at the front of our minds. Um, and so we, for lots of reasons, we can, we stay engaged in, um, just being aware of kids, um, all over the world and the needs that they're, that, that are uncovered kind of in our community. Um, but like for Ben, it helps him to, uh, he was one of the, most faithful letter writers to our compassion kid. We, we have sponsored a bunch of kids over the years for compassion. We've got one left. Um, and uh, part of making that uh, his, you know, when you have a kid that looks different than everybody else in your family, you're always um, cha- having to change the way you talk about it with them because they're growing and maturing all the time. And, understanding life a little differently. So part of the way that a great gift that, um, that, that has existed for our family with our son, Ben has been both caring for other vulnerable kids, people that haven't been adopted in different ways, whether it's through helping friends that are adopting by helping them raise money or, um, writing letters to our compassion kid or, um, also, just continuing to reframe our own adoption in Christ so that the, the, uh, the fact of adoption, the, the um, existence of adoption doesn't have any sort of stigma or weirdness about it. It's just this is a big part of everybody's life that, that belongs to Jesus. Um, some people have experienced it in, earthly, in an earthly way, but everybody that belongs to Jesus has experienced it um, in a spiritual way. So it really helps. Um, it helps our own understanding of, of what Jesus has done and, and who we are in him as we all grapple with it. But it also helps as an adoptive family to continue to engage with that story. Yeah. And one of the things that, that even as, as you talk about continuing to engage and in, in the ways you're drawing in your family is that you do just that. And so many people may know you uh, for really your ministry to family. Um, you know, you don't just right now produce slugs and bugs as albums for kids. You really, these are albums for families to engage families in worship of Christ and, and, and talking about scripture with their kids. And, but you, even before we talk about more about slugs and bugs, you model that. I know you and your oldest daughter, Livy have traveled uh, around the world. She sings with you at times. You've taken her on mission. You've taken your whole family with you on mission, and you really engage and involve your kids with this ministry that you've been called to. And for those who don't know, I mean, the life of a singer-songwriter is busy. It, it's on the road. It's on the go. It's, it's moving mm-hmm. constantly. But one mm-hmm. of the things, brother, I've just been impressed with your life is the way you involve your family and you stay present with your family what are some things that the Lord has just uh, you know, encouraged you and given you opportunities? And, and what advice would you give to parents on 
engaging with their kids and taking their kids on mission and involving their kids in the mission that their family's been called to? Um, you know, I would start by the first thing that comes to my mind is just by, is just know your kids because of my, all three kids are very, of mine are very different. Um, my oldest was super into being a musician from the beginning. And so she wanted to sing and play. Um, and my, I remember the concert when my son Jonah said, Hey dad, is it okay if I just sit down and don't play, don't sing and help with the hand motions this time? And I was like, yeah, sure, buddy. Um, and then my youngest, he is just rip roaring, ready to go. He can't wait till I can take him on tour. So a lot of it is, is know your kid and find the way into the conversation that you want to have with them about ministry and the gospel and where they fit in the kingdom um, based on who they are. For us, a lot of it is just lots of staying in the word ourselves. My wife and I talk about it, that the very best way we can, we can love our kids um, and be the right parent for that kid is just by being sure that we are, we're being the Lord's kids first. So it's just really important to me in order to, uh, to know how to parent my kids well, that I'm staying in the word. And because um, when I don't, I can feel the wisdom and my capacity just leaking away, you know, like the air out of a balloon. And um, so that's my, my first advice is to parents is just, you know, be constantly aware of your presence, your, the, your, uh, kinship with Christ and the humility that that engenders, the humility that uh, we have to reckon with as we come before the throne and look at the cross, that prepares us, that prepares me to, um, to be a patient, loving in all circumstances, Father. And that doesn't mean I don't lose my temper and do things wrong all the time. But um, when I am, when I'm reckoning every day and be and constantly in conversation with the Lord and familiar with his goodness and his grace and his forgiveness to me, that helps me re-engage with my kids whenever I have messed up and, and lost my temper or misinterpreted something they said or disciplined uh, them something in a way that they, that actually missed really what was going on. Um, I am able to enter into conversations with them in humility because the Lord is needing that into my spirit more so than than uh, which is my normal kind of human tendency which is just to be like i'm dad and so i'm not listening to you i'm just telling you what to do and you better do it or you'll be in more trouble <laughs> what well, and knowing that you've fostered this in your own children uh, i mean like we've said the lord has really given you a platform to speak into other families and to provide a great resource for them through music and through fun songs and silly songs, but also songs that are pointing kids back to biblical themes and, and, and even scripture. Uh, talk about how the, the Lord's journey in that from being a successful single singer songwriter to saying, okay, I'm going to do these kids albums. And, and I know you and, and Andrew Peterson kind of put out the first one, uh, maybe not even knowing if there'd be a second one, but but now there's there's five, I believe, five full albums. Talk about just the way that, that this happened and the way the Lord led you into really family ministry through your craft and your hobby and, and your, your gifting of music. 
Sure. Um, actually, there's eight, believe it or not. Wow. There's full Slugs and Bugs records. And yeah, Andrew and I did that first one just as a side project. But, um, but a few years later, after writing songs for VeggieTales, I just really, really recognized in me the excitement um, of the calling to pour my energy into making stuff for families. I wanted to make the stuff that I wished both my kids could have had and could have at that time because they were still little. But I also wanted to make something that I wished I could have had as a kid. Um, and so, well, you know what? I've just, I've lost your question. What? Well, just talk about just even once you started with that side project, how did it, how did it get to eight albums now? Uh, and Ooh, and yeah. how did that just grow? Sure. Well, um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with um, just the Lord's timing and his, you know, he, he opened, opened little doors along the way, um, put people in my life that could help me to, to grow uh, what I was doing. Um, but for sure, once we started doing, um, once I started doing the Sing the Bible series, that, um, that was, before that, it was a mix of gospel songs and silly songs, which I have a, 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 I feel passionately about, I think are very important, but it became even more important and more sort of obviously um, important once I started doing the Sing the Bible series, um, which that happened because I was uh, writing songs for our kids as we were homeschooling. I was trying to help them memorize scripture. And I, I, I was so bad at teaching them how to do it just by, by just reading it. So I started writing melodies for them. And, and then that worked so well. Then I had already, had, we had already made a couple of slugs and bugs records by then. So I thought, well, let's make one, let's make a whole record of these scripture songs. And um, honestly, it was so it was so valuable to me personally. I, I remember memorizing all of Psalm 139 and I had always wanted to memorize it, but it wasn't until I had to write a song for it that I was able to memorize it. And um, that went for all those scriptures on that record. It was an opportunity for me to, to, to memorize all so many verses that I had, that I loved and were important to me and that I wanted families and their kids to, um, get to soak in as well. So uh, it, not only was it super valuable for me and my family, but I, I just started hearing back from other families that it was important to them too. So it definitely became sort of a calling within a calling to, um, to, and it really was still within the same vision and mission that God had given me with Slugs and Bugs from the beginning, but by providing scripture to memorize through music, it just kind of upped the ante of uh, the eternal value of what we were doing. When you've had the opportunity to work with so many talented people too, I mean, we talked about Andrew Peterson, who some people may not know, but uh, just a gifted singer songwriter, but uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones has been on your albums. Talk about just the experience of getting to work with the body of Christ to produce these songs and, and how that is just, illustrative of the body of Christ working together on projects. Cause the thing with the, the sing the songs and uh, the, the slugs and bugs albums are, 
you're you're working with other people. It's not just Randall Goodgame. You're bringing on other artists, other singer-songwriters. Talk about just the gift of being able to collaborate with some of these other folks. That's a great question. And it is so fun and important to talk about because you're right. Um, the, these records are m made much more wonderful because of all the different gifts that pour into them. Um, starting with Ben Shive, the producer, um, but all the different, all the musicians and instrumentalists and, uh, and arrangers uh, that come in and, and singers that come in and play and sing. Um, I think one of the most important things for me that the Lord has brought to bear as I have grown as a disciple um, through all this collaboration is just soaking in to um, the believing and, and experiencing the value of trusting other people. Um, you know, it's a, it's a great little microcosm of, of the church uh, of how you, you, you let teachers teach and uh, you let piano players play the piano and you let singers sing. And um, even though I'm, I guess, the guide in, in uh, you know, shepherding it along the way with, through the songs, um, it is super valuable as a believer to, uh, to experience, to witness how much better things become when you allow people and invite people to, um, to be who they are fully present in, in the midst of what you're doing. And that applies to music, but it applies to, I'm sure every workplace, um, how, how it's so important to, um, invite people to be, to be, uh, to bring the very best of what they have and not to sort of have a preconceived notion of what, um, what they can offer and to look at people and, and see them as, uh, as just tools in your hand, but rather as full people that are not only just engaging um, musically, but you're in the room, you're engaging personally, you're engaging as friends, as, uh, co as collaborators, and very often as, um, as brothers and sisters, because I'd say the vast majority of the people that I work with are believers as well. And, you know, I, I just know y'all have a lot of fun putting these albums together and writing these songs. Why is, why is it so important, not only that we have fun in what God's called us to do, but also that, that we allow that fun to overflow into our families? Because, you know, silly songs are, are, are bringing the guard down and allowing parents to really get to the heart level of their kids. Talk, talk a little bit about how just having fun with your family and having fun with your work is such an important discipline and, and so important to really even begin stories of discipleship and, and, and to bond together as believers in Christ. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, it is not only such a, so true that it is so important to be able to have fun and to be silly as an adult, but um, it's also something that I've had to learn, believe it or not. Um, because I, you know, I grew up in a, in a, in a somewhat serious home. And so for me, silliness was this great, uh, safe escape to where you could have fun, but not hurt anybody's feelings. And, um, so, but what, over the years I've, I feel like the Lord has shown me and inspires me to continue to be, to find ways to be silly and to help parents and kids into silliness is that when you're silly, you're able to forget about yourself. 
actually, you know, I can say you you're required to forget about yourself a little, or at least to care less about yourself than you care about somebody else, because you can't be taking yourself too seriously when you've gotten on like a headband with antenna that are swinging. You have to let down some of your own self-seriousness. It honestly it reminds me of the My Utmost Purse Highest from this morning that I just read, talking about how we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. We shouldn't take each other too seriously. Um, and the only person that we take seriously, really take seriously, is Jesus. Because everybody else, we're all on this continuum, continuum of um of succeeding and failing and doing things well and obediently and disobediently every day. So we've got to hold ourselves uh, and, and how we see ourselves loosely and only in the, in the context of the uh, only take seriously the way that Jesus sees us, which is as his beloved kids. So I, um, I definitely feel like that for, for, for my family, it's a gift to whenever we can be light and light, not in like a bright light, like a nightlight, but like a light as in light as a feather and not heavy. And one of the ways that you're able to be light around each other is through being silly. Um, I uh, told the story before, I think maybe I told you, but about when my kids, my oldest two were really little, we had a couple, a couple goldfish. Uh, I remember their names were Rocket and Awesome Dude. And my kids used to just fall on the floor laughing when I would pretend to be their voices. I would make up what they were saying or thinking. And it wouldn't have to be funny. It would have, it would just be, it could just be anything. I could just be kind of hum da dum da dum What's this? Oh, look, a leaf. Oh, I think I'll keep swimming now. And they would just, I mean, it was so fun for them to just listen to their dad be silly. So uh, that was a great lesson for me that, um, that just uh, the, my willingness to take myself less seriously in the moment could create so much joy for my kids. And in the end, um, when we think about what Christ wants from us as his disciples, he wants us to forget about ourselves. He wants us to not take ourselves seriously and to only take him seriously. The reason we get caught, so caught up on our own sin and our own guilt is because we're taking ourselves so stinking seriously. But when we can forget about ourselves and remember that he's cast our sin as far as the east is from the west, then we can run back to him like little kids with open arms jumping into our father's lap um, and be kind of reacquainted with the deep love that he has for us. And then we have it, then we're filled up again to share it with everybody else. Well, amen, brother. Well, I know that now you've taken this silliness and, and leading us into both silliness and, uh, and that deep understanding and knowledge of who God is in on, on a show. And so you have started the Slugs and Bugs show, which is uh, a, a, what, a, about a 20, 20 to 24 minute show uh, that people can, can subscribe to, can, can buy these show episodes. And it's taking some of the favorite silly songs or, or, or sing the Bible songs that they've known from the albums, but it's, it's putting it to life with characters and some of your favorite friends. And I know you just recently re uh, you know, released season one. Talk a little bit more about how the show came to be, uh, what's exciting about the show, and then how can people get the show? Sure. Well, um, 
Yeah, so this is, uh, this is still kind of astounding to me that there is something that exists. It's called the Slugs and Bugs Show. Uh, but it is, yeah, like about a 22-minute show with puppets and uh, songs. And the whole idea was to try to find a way to um, put the, the heart of what is the motivating factor of Slugs and Bugs and, and put it on the screen for instead of just being able to listen to it in your car, you could watch it on your computer TV. Um, so uh, right now media is a company in, in Texas. That's sort of like a Christian Netflix for churches, churches subscribe. And then they, they give the password to their, to their, um, what do you call it? Members. Um, and so people can watch it that way for churches and members and membership with right now media, but folks can also buy it just on our slugs and bugs website, slugsandbugs.com. And, um, and it came about through, uh, just some brainstorming between the producer, Chris Wall and I about what a show, uh, could look like. Um, and we ended up starting with the songs and thinking, okay, what, what sort of deep truth or um, fun uh, human interaction is happening here that we can build on to create an environment where we can model discipleship. Because um, what we wanted to do through the show was to have a group of characters. I'm, I'm the host and uh, my wife plays a bunch of different roles. Um, but then there's these four puppets, two raccoons, a slug and a bug. Um, that all kind of interact and bump into each other. Um, and we wanted to try to find a way to, to model what the best case of what it can look like as, as characters on this earth, um, striving to live together and love one another. Everybody's got flaws. Everybody's, um, nobody's perfect, but at the heart of the, of the show is our high value of scripture. So very often in, in shows or in episodes or going to the Bible and looking up what some scripture might say about what we're going through um, or what somebody's learning. But it was really also important to me that it not feel forced and um, prescribed. So I, I sort of just took a page from my own family life, which is, you know, very often days go by without me taking my kids through a Bible verse. But the way I interact with them is always, well, let's just say on my best days, is um, informed by what Christ is doing in me. So uh, I just, what the show hopefully represents is just all my best days. <laughs> Where what the Lord is doing in, in, in me and what, what we hope, you know, parents hope the Lord is doing in them, um, it helps uh, by his spirit through us helps shepherd our kids through the different scenarios that they are going through in their own lives. So we hold scripture high, um, but we also hold joy high and relationships high and, and uh, music and humor as well uh, as, as high values. Hmm. Well, I know we've gotten to partner together to, to have you, to have you sing and have you lead worship for uh, several children who have come home through adoption through the Christian Alliance for Orphans and partnership with them and have just always been blessed 
by your music and by the way the Lord uses you to, like you've said, really bring that down to a level that children can understand, but but I believe that adults can enjoy. And so, Randall, as we as we kind of close, and, and I know that this is such an unfair question, and others have said asking me this question is like asking me who's my favorite child, but if you <laughs> had one or two favorite songs that the Lord has 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 just blessed you with through the slugs and bugs journey. What would those be and, and why are those songs so special? Oh, yeah, it is impossible. But <laughs> I'll give you three. I'll give you three of my favorites. Um, for sure, for sure, since you know it's you and I talking and adoption is such a big part of both of our stories. Um, my song I'm adopted is probably at the top of the list because it's um I I'm sure that it is has been important to my own son. Um, and I've just heard from so many families over the years how it's helped them navigate the conversations and giving them a language and a uh, a joy um, in their um, exploration of what it means to be an adoptive family. So that's been so rewarding for me. It's hard for me to not call that a favorite. Um, and then maybe, uh, you know, it's just endlessly fun to sing and sing live is the song, um, Do You Not Know, which is uh, a song from Isaiah 40. It gets most of the very, the last three, four or five verses of Isaiah 40. Um, and that song, um, I can almost barely keep it together when I'm singing in concert because I'm listening to uh, this crowd of of parents and kids all singing, um, he will not grow tired or weary, his understanding no one can fathom. And it, uh, so that one is endlessly moving for me. Um, and then on the silly side of things, uh, I'm going to go with Mexican Rhapsody, one that's super special to me because uh, I wrote it with Andrew Peterson, who's just, you know, one of my best buds. Um, but also it's just so ridiculous. Um, to have an ode to Mexican food that's sort of, in a way, inspired by Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, so, so there you go. There's three. Well, and I, I would just plug and say, yeah, that is that's hard because even as you say those, I'm I'm thinking of so many other songs that that are just such a gift, both to families but also to the church. And and Randall, we thank you for joining us, and uh, just thank you for the way that you have used. God, your God-given talent to bless families and, and also to bless the church and to bless adopted families because so many families who have experienced growing their family through adoption have, have just testified and given witness to how so many of your silly songs actually broke down some of the walls and the barriers with them and their adopted child. To be able to be silly and to, to, to get around music, music breaks down barriers. And, and so I would just encourage you, if you're listening, to go to slugsandbugs.com. Uh, to download uh, and to purchase these shows, but also to to go wherever you get music and download or buy and purchase the albums uh, from Slugs and Bugs and Randall Good Game. I, I promise they will be a complete delight to your family. And 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 Randall knows this because I sent him a video one time. But our youngest actually learned the books of the Bible uh, from Randall's songs, the New Testament and the Old Testament songs, and. Anytime she is looking up and she's nine years old still, 
uh, a book in the Bible that's more obscure, I can hear her singing the song and helping her find <laughs> it. And so just, just such a great tool to our families. Randall, thank you for your partnership, your friendship, and the gift that you are to so many, to the church and uh, to our family as well. Well, thank you, Herbie. It's an honor to be on this with you. And I just, you know, for me, listening to you say all that stuff, I, it's hard for me not to think, well, you know, Herbie, you, you with what you do with your life, pouring yourself out for the very least of these all over the world, you are a hero to me. So thank you for how you are spending your life and energy and gifts, um, often away from your family serving the poor, the poorest of the poor, and the youngest of the poor all over the world. So God bless you, my brother. Absolutely. Well, mutual respect here, right? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.